So we moved into this house in 2017 and 2018, spring of 2018, I wanted, I'd wanted chickens for a while. I wanted chickens at our old house, but we, we had an HOA, couldn't do it. And I said, I will never live with another HOA. An HOA, I'm going to make somebody mad here, but an HOA. <laughs> I love, I love making people mad. An HOA is for the person that doesn't have enough government in their life. There you go. You did it. So I was like, I will never live in an HOA again. So, so we moved here and I was like, first thing that we did is I was like, we're getting chickens. And so we got six chickens, six hens. And I learned very quickly the hard way that you have to protect those because chickens are like the bottom of the, the, of the the pecking of the the, uh, food chain. Anything and everything will eat and kill a chicken. And so I lost four of those six chickens. Like, like that. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a host and a homestead, thinking this was the life, all that there'd be. After our firstborn, you had to stay home. That's when the work got in the way for me. Well, I started farm hop life. You'll come to your farm to help and to and an RV send us a message and there will be this is the farm hop life podcast of traveling homestead family i'm matt derosier today my guest is jeremy aka dewey like donuts i might call you dewey throughout the interview Go on accident uh jeremy his wife and his son live in suburban alabama and raise chicken for eggs garden and try to be as self-sufficient as we can we believe in being prepared for the craziness this world throws at us and embrace the label of preppers. I like that. I do like your prepping videos on TikTok. I appreciate that. I, I, those get a lot of views typically. Yeah, because it's I, that's I don't see that a lot on TikTok. Uh, the prepping videos. Um, you know, it's I interesting. It's. I was showing my know. wife some last night. I'm like, look at this internet in a bag or what in a, internet <laughs> in a box. Internet, in the fair day. And the hate on that video. The hate. That's not the internet. That's not the internet. You don't know. It's just the software. It's the name of the software. I didn't write the software. I just downloaded it. It's called Internet in a Box. Like it's made, and it's brilliant. I can't take credit for it. I just used sure. it. But yeah. It was. It was. It was developed to take to third world countries that were very remote and didn't have internet, and they could load all of this content onto this Raspberry Pi and take it, and they set it up, plug it in, and it emits its own Wi-Fi signal, and all these devices can connect to it. And access information it's it was made for school education sure i just took it and repurposed it for stuff knowledge yeah the fact like the people that make those kind of comments and it's not just like that specific type it's like that entire type of people they're like that's not internet like or whatever uh they yeah they have like that video is not for them like they can basically just like not like be gone essentially like you're, you're missing the point essentially if you want the entire internet 
in a box. You don't understand the internet. <laughs> not, not really. I mean, it, like, do you want the whole internet in a box? That would be awful. There's that so would. much trash out there. Are you kidding? Um, <laughs> absolutely. Um, well, and then the people that are like, well, well, where does it get its Wi-Fi signal from? Or like, if Wi-Fi doesn't work, it's not going to work. Yes, it will work. It is the Wi-Fi signal. Like it, it, it's just a signal. It's 2.5 gigahertz, five meg- or megahertz, whatever. You know, it, it's yeah. It's just yeah. it's a signal. It's a radio signal. That's all it is. Maybe if they actually built one, they'd understand it better. I know. Well, and then I had some people. They're like, "Oh, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to buy that." And I'm like, "Just be careful. Understand what you're getting into. It is very technical." Is it? Yeah, it's a pretty technical thing to try to to set it up. I mean, it's the software, like you. Because I have a Raspberry Pi, and I've like put like Linux on it or whatever you, kind of distro. Okay. You'd be fine. Yeah, it's it's the people that think that oh, if I just go download something and then I just turn it on and it works. Well, no, it's a little more complicated than that. It it'd be the equivalent of like putting a new like ROM on your like phone or if you remember like uh, jailbreaking. jailbreaking your iPhone or not your yeah your iPhone every year, and your iPod Touch. Mine every year. Yep. 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 So, um, or like putting a new software on your router or something like that. It's the equivalent of something like that. And, and it's, sure. if you can do that, then you can absolutely build one. They're not hard, but for, if you're not tech savvy, I would not, I would not, no, I don't want those comments. I bought this and now I can't get it installed. I'm like, well, I just told you about it. Look, I'm not tech support. There's probably <laughs> like a hundred videos on YouTube to Figure that out on your own. Uh, Sadly, there's not on that one though. There's not really, really not. I know, like it. I had to figure a lot of it out, but it's but it's filled with information, and I update it every now and then, and it's it stays in a Faraday bag in the safe. And if if it ever gets that bad, then it's there, and if not, then it's just there. It was a fun project. Yeah. Do you? Okay. Since since we're kind of talking about prepping and stuff, and um. Which is where my homesteading came from. I will say that. So there is a good segue here. At some okay, point. cool. Go ahead. Um, there's a lot of uh, S talk, let's say, about people that are concerned about like EMPs, solar flares, uh, coronal mass injections, like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, that, you know, you really like that on the like list of concerns that's towards the bottom in terms of like, you know, actual reality. Yeah. So like, where, where do you fall? Like, like a Faraday brag's pretty cheap. Like it's cheap insurance. And like, if it happens, whatever, if it doesn't happen, whatever. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. Um, So there's a guy that I follow on YouTube called suspicious observers. Okay. And, Davidson, maybe I think is his name, and he um, he has a very interesting background. Uh, he, I think he, I'm not even going to try to explain his background because I would okay. it, but, but he's a very smart person, and he he puts out daily videos on the sun and what what it's doing and sunspots and solar flares. And if you watch it day in and day out, you're going to overhype it i think you know if you if you pay attention to all these things you're going to start 
it's like it's like the people that follow all the conspiracies. You start following the conspiracies, and then all of a sudden you think, oh, it's got to be real. Well, maybe it's just a conspiracy. Like the more you follow it, the more you start to believe it. So there, there's a you have to be careful there. Mm-hmm. The the EMP thing. I mean, if 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 you know our friends on the other side of the, the world were to detonate a, a high level EMP or a high level nuclear bomb, there's the book one second after. That's a very real scenario that could happen. Will it happen? I would like to think not. Can it happen? Sure. Um, right. I think I think you know. World War Three could could trigger something, you know, could be triggered by some of that. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know that that will happen. The CME thing, that's that's the one that actually does probably concern me more than the EMP. And because I mean, it's like, random, it, it is random, but it's not. That's the thing is, it's not random because the sun goes in cycles, and and I'm not a, I'm not some. Uh, like astrophysicist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. But, but I listen to enough of this stuff, and I go, well, that makes sense. And if you start kind of looking at some of the data, surface level data, it makes sense that the that the sun goes in cycles, twelve year cycles, active cycle, not very active, active, not very active. And we're we are coming up, and, and the guy Ben, the guy Ben that I mentioned, he he was saying, you know, months ago that the the sun's cycle is going on a like a five month. 5.9 month rotation. And basically, he was saying mid-August we're going to be hit by a bunch of solar flares, um, solar storms, CMEs. All that. well, the last two weeks that we've been getting hit by them. Hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe the guy knows something. So now, will it will it knock our grid out? I have no idea. If it does, well, hmm. I hope everybody knows how to homestead. <laughs> Um, it seems like it's bringing, it's making a comeback, and that's very encouraging. I like that. It is. Well, and if you think about it, I've got a video that I'm, I'm putting together uh, for TikTok to go out in the next few days about making apple cider vinegar. Like, you can make your own apple cider vinegar. And in and, and the start of the video, I say, like, like, generations ago, everybody was a prepper. Everybody grew their own food. They stored their own food. And now we rely on the grocery store, the big corporations and the grocery stores for convenience. But everybody, our ancestors, our, our, our great grandparents were all preppers. I mean, they might have been labeled a prepper. Right. But in, in the sense of things, they were. They grew their food. They preserved their food. They ate it through the winter and they rinsed and repeated. So I'm I've glad had this exact they, same conversation about the name homesteader. Like some there's a there's a guy um that I that I've interviewed and we stayed in contact. He's like, I don't consider myself a homesteader. This is just what like our grandparents did. And they didn't call themselves homesteaders. But like by today's standards, he's a hundred percent a homesteader. Right. He's just living life is what he's doing. He's staying yeah. alive. <laughs> it, staying it, alive, it, yep. Yeah. Well and and like so, you know, to kind of you asked me, you know, how did I get started with the whole homesteading? And I mentioned that that it, it really kind of veered off from the prepping back in 2000. So we bought our first house, my wife and I in 2007 and immediately just overnight lost, you know, 30 grand and, and equity in our house. And we had a five year plan and turned into a 10 year plan. And, and, uh, you know, I looked at the market when everything was going on and I, and I thought we really need to be prepared. Like what if, and she, my wife lost her job 
and like I was I was a, a graphic a freelance graphic designer basically at that time. Hmm. I didn't have a, a, a steady income and she lost her her job and we thankfully had a little bit of savings and it was we were okay but but it was the reality set in of we're not prepared for life if we get thrown a wrench or a, you know a, a kink in the chain whatever you want to call it we're not prepared and so we started buying um you know once once we kind of got settled she had a new job you know instead of buying one can of beans we'd buy two cans of beans instead of you know and and we would stack on that and basically kind of create your own grocery store in your house yeah and, and rotate through things buy the things that you already eat don't go don't go buy you know 200 pounds of rice and beans i mean sure i guess i mean we've you know we've got that but i mean but like it's that's the that's the oh crap food but yeah but i say that but one day we we're like right of rice i'm like no we're not uh, we'll be right back <laughs> you know, we've, got, we've got rice and mylar bags with oxygen absorbers and it's dated and i'll go get some and then i'll just replenish it sure. um but but buy things that you normally eat so that like that's what we started doing uh but then one day it dawned on me this isn't sustainable like what if just grid down financial collapse the, the who knows what could happen empty Unlikely. shelves yeah it's unlikely, but not un, not impossible. Having MREs and ammo is not sustainable. I mean, what am I going to go take it from my neighbor? I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. Right. I couldn't live to myself. And, and so that hit me like this is not sustainable at all. So maybe we should start trying to grow our own food. And I started with three tomato plants. The biggest failure. I got one <laughs> tomato out of this three tomato plant. <laughs> But you did get one. I, I bet did. it tasted so sweet. I unfortunately I don't think it did. It was it was one of those like I was so disappointed. It was I didn't know what I was doing. Right. I didn't know what I was doing. And I just it was a mistake. I mean it wasn't a mistake. I mean, because it's led me where I'm at now. But I mean it was still like, man, that was a failure. We had this we lived in track homes in a cul-de-sac and at the back of the property backyard, they had like a berm around the back where they would kind of berm up. You know, they come in and they just scrape all the topsoil off and you're sitting on clay. And so I planted those tomatoes on top of a hill in clay with no irrigation and like, they just like terrible soil, terrible soil. But now you know. Now I know. Now I know. But, but that was really kind of where we got started was knowing that just having six months of food isn't sustainable it helps in a, in a catastrophe or a, a, an emergency situation but it, it's not sustainable so that's that's where we got that start that's kind of cool that's a that's a pretty cool start and um i forgot what i was gonna say but that's all right <laughs> well yeah well but like so i mean like you know that's part of the motivation for homesteading is being able to prep i mean being self-sufficient like i can see canning jars behind you so yeah i don't know how much you can see of the uh because this kind of squishes things up a little bit but there's i mean there's a few nice it's and now here's the thing though here's the thing we we didn't start canning until this year hmm. and i've wanted to for years but i was intimidated by it Sure. And I finally just broke down and said, we have to learn it, have to learn it. 
and uh, and so this year is this back. Uh, so this year was the first year that we we can. I went out and bought the All American, like the the Big Daddy Canner, and I was like, we're we're going all in. The big Daddy Canner, and it it's so heavy. <laughs> it's it's heavy, but it's so good. It's such an amazing canner. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean to to be able to preserve our own food, uh, to to offset a potential shortage of food or, or a job loss. It's it all stems from wanting to be prepared. So that that really kind of falls right in line with homesteading and prepping. It's all one all one thing. Yeah. Um. When did you? Did you say what year you started getting prepared? Like when did that start? Yeah. So or, yeah, I really didn't. So so 07, bought our house. The 08 market kind of did its thing, and we started probably about 2009. Going, hey, we need to be prepared. You know, wife had another job. Things were stable-ish. Um, we ended up buying a bunch of silver at the time. Mm. Um, I mean, not a bunch, but some trying to think like we're going to, you know, they, it's going to collapse and, and, it, and it didn't collapse, but we still have that silver. It's a long-term investment. Of course. And, same. You know, we bought, we bought uh, what's that? I just said same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, when it was, I don't know if you saw it, it was like 13 or $14 an ounce earlier this year. Nope, I must have missed that. I was too busy like, looking at Bitcoin. We're going to buy it. We're going to buy that because it's not going to be any cheaper than that. Probably uh, not. Bitcoin, that one, ooh, that's a fun one. Whew, that's a fun we can one. talk about that later if you want. That's, it's, you can make a lot of money, but you can lose a lot of money there too. I've seen a lot of people lose a lot of money. A lot of money. You can't lose it if you don't sell it. But that's the thing is they sold it and they lost it. <laughs> See? Shouldn't have done that. Uh, no. I, my problem is, is that I would want to, I would want to, I would want to buy low, sell high, buy low, sell high, and I would miss it every single time. See, that I've tried to play that game, and it only ruined me. It yeah. like I didn't, I didn't like lose tons of money or whatever. It's just that uh, I lost. I ended up losing money. So since then, I've only bought and hold. Yeah, hodl. So, hodl. <laughs> so. Uh huh. But, um, so, so that's how you got, you got started into homesteading. That's pretty, man, that's pretty cool that, um, I mean, that, that seems like a very like reasonable transition. It wasn't like, um, I got super scared watching Alex Jones or whatever. And like the globalists are going to come get me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying that he's always wrong, but he's also not always right. Like, like there's. There's, there's, it's a, he can be a little much sometimes. Dude, I just, you know what? If he didn't have the voice that he has, I could probably tolerate him a little mm-hmm. bit more. Uh, yeah. I just, his voice is just so awful to listen to that I just, um, I can't do it. it, it, it it's, it's a <laughs> bit much. And, and then some of the, just some of the stuff that he says, and I'm like, ah, it's a little far out there. But okay, I'll let, I mean, it's your show. You can talk about whatever you want. I'll listen to what I want to, but, um, yeah, that's, but yeah, no, we did not. We definitely did not get our start by getting freaked out by Alex Jones and and going, oh, we gotta sell everything and move out to the woods and build a homestead. Which I'm not going to commune. <laughs> I mean, it's not a terrible idea, but 
<laughs> I've got a uh, there's um uh, what's her what's her name what's her username on um, on TikTok uh tiny something tiny homestead tiny shed tiny homestead tiny shed homestead something like that I can't remember hands can drive me crazy I can't remember what her username is but they she and her family like they they moved out um I think they bought acreage and took a like a 12 by 24 storage shed and mm-hmm. her husband like raised the roof on it put a second level in and they live debt free out in the woods homeschool their kids and i'm like that looks like an amazing life it really does like there's part of i love being in the city i love going out to eat i love being close to people but that does look appealing that sounds interesting. I'm gonna have to go. Fo- I'm gonna have to go hunt them down and see if they. I'll, they'd I'll message you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll message you. I bet you. Uh, yeah, that. Was, I bet she would be a good. She would be a good one to interview. Um, I'll. Uh, if I don't send her info to you, remind me. Oh, I will. I will. Um, yeah, as far as like, so you had kind of asked about the motivation for, like, homesteading, right? I mean, right. You know, so the potential lack of food. Like, I, I, I see potential food shortages. You look at what's happening over in Russia and Ukraine and, and wheat supply. I think the U.S. will be affected last or maybe close to last or maybe not at least first. I mean, we're, we're first world company. Like, we should be fine for a while, but but it'll hit us eventually, I think. So there's, you know, food security, um, providing for your family. There's This may sound so old school, but there's just something about man go out and get food and bring to family. Like there's something about like, I grew this, I made this, I caught this. I yeah. didn't go and just get it from the store. Um, and then like the quality of it, like there was a video that I did uh, earlier in the summer and I had picked a fresh cucumber straight off the vine. I just, and I was like, I, this cucumber, it was so good. I'm like, you can't, I never eat just raw cucumbers. Like I just, it's like I put them in a salad or, I just ate sure. a cucumber and it was, it was delicious. I just needed some salt. I, I wish I had like some salt packets in my pocket or something. <laughs> but it's so much better and there's no chemicals. You know what's in your food. Yeah. So it's. Now you, you raise chickens for eggs. Are you man enough to eat a raw egg of your own? Negative. Negative. Really? I did. So I've, I've heard. Um, All right, let's, about... let's, let's, let's hold it. Let's back it. Let's back it. Okay. There's, okay. Th- there's the Marty McFly. Or you call me yellow. You know, kind of like like you call somebody out on it eventually. Like they might do it. You know, like if, well, you're not man enough to do it. So if, if I could probably be convinced, but it would take an awful lot. No, it's not that bad. I actually did it last week twice. You went back for seconds. I did. So okay. So <laughs> I gotta hear this going. Uh, I, I asked on, I'm, I'm a lot more active on Twitter than I am my other social medias. And so I just like put out like, cause I had heard a couple things that like people putting raw, just cracking a rye egg in their coffee. And, um, and so people were like, yeah, you should do it all the time. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, I guess if I'm going to do it, uh, I'm going to use my own. Obviously I haven't bought eggs in years. And so I cracked an egg in my coffee and like whipped it up and drank it. It just, it didn't taste like anything different, to be honest with you. Um, hmm. uh, no, I will say true. though. Now, do you drink uh, your coffee black or do you put stuff in it normally? It's, it's espresso. So like uh, just like two shots, um, hmm. 
milk like like well it's technically whipping cream because i like how like the thickness of it and uh-huh. the sweetness of the uh-huh the the cream or whatever and then like maybe like some cinnamon sugar like sprinkle on top okay uh, i know i'm kind of uh posture or whatever but... that's okay no, no, no judgment judgment free so... judgment. i mean I look, <laughs> hey look i like my uh i like my um caramel macchiatos they're i mean they're yeah um they're, they're good I, yeah all right, so you put an egg in, so, so I, it wasn't just like black coffee. It wasn't just black, but okay. I probably would do it to black coffee too, which I don't, I, I don't like black coffee, but mm-hmm. so here's the thing why I don't do that anymore. Um, I have like, I try not to eat breakfast, uh, basically. So like, I just would have my coffee in the morning and then I would go maybe until like nine, 10 o'clock before I actually ate something. Mm-hmm. Um, with the protein that's now in my coffee, all of a sudden I had to eat. Like my body is like, feed me. You're hungry, feed me. And so like I'd have to eat something by seven and then eight and then nine. And so like I would, it actually made me hungrier in the morning. So I'm like, well, I don't, I don't really like that. I'll, I'd still do the raw egg thing, no problem. I don't really care about that. It's the black um, coffee. It's the making me hungry. Like I try, uh, yeah, yeah, I try yeah. to just not eat all the food before ten a.m. So because because I I'm like I work construction, so I'm not like at home or nearby right. or at an office. Like I only have what I packed. Right. Um, right. So I guess if I was better prepared, I'd have something in the truck. But <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh... I did like, I tried the whole intermittent fasting thing for a while. And it, I was like, I just like to eat breakfast too much. I love breakfast. And that was, I mean, that's really what, that's really what got us started on chickens because I would eat yeah. eggs every day. I love eggs. I'll eat them scrambled. I'll eat them fried. I'll eat them boiled. I'll eat them over easy over hard. I mean, I'll, uh, I put a video out the other day of, uh, this jalapeno relish that I made. And it was like, Somebody, I think somebody had asked, how do you eat it? I'm like, well, this is how I eat it. Fried egg over medium. It may not have been that I, I may not have actually been a response to a video, but somebody asked a question, but there's like a fried egg over medium, some grits on top of that. Have you ever had grits? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what they are, though. I know I've eaten them. <laughs> <laughs> corn. Basically. Okay, so, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a southern thing for sure, but it's it's one of those like love or hate kind of things. But okay, fried egg over medium grits on top of that, and then some jalapeno relish on top of that. Like like that's mm, so good, it's so good. But um, like I love breakfast. I couldn't I couldn't do the intermittent fasting. Sure. No. But that's why we got chickens is, is because I ate so many eggs, and we ended up with oh well, it's two thousand seven. So we moved into this house in two thousand seventeen. And 2018, spring of 2018, I wanted I wanted chickens for a while. I wanted chickens at our old house, but we, we had an HOA, couldn't do it. And I said, I will never live with another HOA. An HOA, I'm going to make somebody mad here, but an HOA. I love, an, I love making people mad. An HOA is for the person that doesn't have enough government in their life. There you go. You did it. So I was like, I will never live in an HOA again. So, so we moved here and I was like, first thing that we did is I was like, we're getting chickens. And so we got six chickens, six hens. And 
I learned very quickly the hard way that you have to protect those because chickens are like the bottom of the to- of the, of the, the pecking of the, the, uh, the food chain. Anything mm-hmm. and everything will eat and kill a chicken. And so I lost four of those six chickens like like that. Like they had a oh. coop and everything. Yeah, I mean, like they had a um, – my brother-in-law had done had, had some chickens at a while, for a while, and he let me – he just gave me his coop. And it was only like two – it was only like four foot by eight foot. And it was, it was very small. And so I felt bad for them. So I would, I would let them out during mm-hmm. the day. I was, or when I, or in the evening when I get home, I'd let them out and let them free range for a little bit. On the weekends, I'd let them free range. And, and before you knew it, something had gotten them. I'm like, well, that's not going to work. Dang. There's foxes, there's raccoons. I had a raccoon rip the, this had a Rhode Island red. I felt terrible for it, but a, a raccoon reached through the coop, grabbed its wing, and pulled its wing off. Oh my gosh! I've heard of raccoons doing similar things, but never, uh, never ripping the wing off. That's straight up not it, it. And we were we were leaving to go out of town for uh, like two days, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Do I put this chicken out of its misery, or do I see if it survives? I, I don't. No, but chickens are resilient. That chicken lived. Just that chicken, it was one less chicken wing. Why? Why you when you go to process it? I guess I didn't have to clip that wing. <laughs> 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 but I mean, it was. But raccoons got a few of them. A dog chased some off. It was, and I learned very quickly. You you have to protect chickens. I think, um, yes, I agree. I think a lot of people can get either super unlucky or on the other end of the spectrum, dumb luck. And I am on the dumb luck spectrum. Uh, my yeah. incompetence uh, <laughs> is, uh, is balanced by my dumb luck. That's how I'm, uh, that's how I manage uh, things right now. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Like I've, we, we took on a bunch more chickens. Like we went from 16 yeah. to 36. Ooh, uh, this year, wow, yeah, <laughs> and um, we we haven't had any losses, and which is kind of crazy. We have fox, raccoon, mountain lion, coyotes. I mean, all this stuff, but um, haven't had any losses. And the other dumb luck thing I've had with chickens is last year we did meat birds, and Cornish I, cross. yep, Cornish cross. Uh, man, they are ugly when they get big. They are. Smokes. They're so ugly. <laughs> and, like they, they walk around with like their giant like breasts. Like they waddle and oh god, you feel bad for them. Like bear, like no feathers on parts of their body, and it's just because they lay down all the time. They can barely move. Uh huh. So I went to, I went to seven weeks, uh, and then I harvest all, harvested all of them, and that was too much. That was, I, I was getting, I was averaging about five and a half pounds, like processed. Wow. And so yeah, they're like, like six weeks, I think. Right. Yeah. I went too far. And like, it's such a first world problem. <laughs> we have this, no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the first world problem. Right. So we have this, we have this air fryer that also does rotisserie and we've used it for store-bought chicken before. And then when we did our, 
our own meat birds, they're too big. They don't fit <laughs> in the air fryer, like rotisserie things. So we can't even use it. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so I talked to a buddy of mine who also does meat birds or has done them in the past. And I was telling him, you know, you know, how much feed I ended up giving them and what the weight was. And he goes, that's actually like a really good, like feed conversion ratio that you did. I was like, I didn't do anything. I just fed them like as much as they wanted to eat. I've had, so, I've had those moments. I've had those moments. And it's just, it kind of works out and you're like, okay, I'm not going to argue. Yeah. But we didn't do it again this year. Just that we just had too much going on this year That's, that we, um, didn't and do. I'm the same way. Like I, I looked at, um, those last year, 2021 after, after the, what was it? See COVID 2020. It was either 2020 or 21 or maybe been both of them that I was, I was like, I'm going to do meat birds. I'm going to do meat birds. going to do, I'm going to get 75 and I'm going to do meat birds. And I'm like, don't do it, Jeremy. Don't do it. That's that's you don't have the time, the space. You get too much going on. Just just say no. And I said no, thankfully to that one. But but I want to. Like that's in my that's in my in my line of sights. I want to do meat birds. Put that um, feather in the cap. I do. I want to. I want to get the premier one nets, and I want to move them around the, the the yard. And but I'm like, I don't have really that big of a yard to. Move. I don't have that much space to move them, unfortunately. Sure. So, What's uh, your What's your coop setup then currently for your laying hens? So I had you a, said you you couldn't let them out anymore or what? Right, so what's the right, yeah, I learned the hard way. So I had initially I had a four by eight coop that was um it had like three nesting boxes in it. And you know, like I could move it, it was heavy and I could move it around the yard. I tried to move it a little bit to at least get them some grass to to graze on and, and scratch on, but it, it it didn't really work well. But those those six hens, you know, I lost those, um, which I need to come back to that in just a second. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's just hit this right now because this was a massive, massive failure in chickens. I lost four of the six chickens. And this is one of those things that, that I hope that somebody listens to this and, and can, like, listen and, and, and gain this little bit of knowledge if you're looking at trying to mix birds. Don't do it or do it very, very slowly. Because hmm. I had six chickens, lost four, so I had two left, and I thought, let me go buy six adult chickens. Hopefully, these adult chickens will be adult enough, and they'll overpower the the two that I have. I mean, I separated them for a little bit, but not nearly long enough. And the two chickens that I had killed all six of the others. Chickens what? Are, they're savage. They Holy just pecked them to death. They just pecked I gotta, them to death. I got to ask, how did you integrate them? Um, I had, uh, so I had the, the original four by eight coop and I had put it into a chicken run, a new chicken run that I had built. And the, I can't remember which one I left. I left either the two or the six and I may have left the two in the, in the chicken, the old chicken coop and the six were in the chicken run. So they were all together. They were just blocked off by, sure. um, by chicken wire. And I left, and I don't remember how long I left them. It was like two or three weeks, but it was not long enough. They just, they killed, they pecked them all to death. They didn't eat them. They just pecked them and killed them. Dang. It was, and it was, it was one of those that we'd, I'd go out there and there'd be two chickens dead. And I'm thinking, what the heck? And I'm, I'm looking at it going, well, did I get sick chickens? Did I, cause I bought these from a guy that, that bred these and, and did, 
did, do I need to call him and say, Hey man, what's up? And I never did. And after, after about a week, two weeks, it dawned on us that, Oh, these chickens are killing all of them. And we had one left, one left. And she was just like traumatized and she just stood there. She wouldn't move. She wouldn't eat. She wouldn't drink. She wouldn't do anything. And we were like, like we put her inside trying to like, maybe like give her some water, some nothing. She just died. Terrible. Like I, wow. I still to this day feel bad about that. Because and it was my fault because I didn't integrate them the right way. I'll tell you how I integrated mine and how I've heard it should be done. Um, because this was my first time integrating chickens together. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had I had my 16 and then I had the new 20 and the 20 were also adult. They were all roughly within the same age and they were partitioned, uh, like separately. So, you know, 16 and the 20 and then, and then I, I, after like five days, I'm like, I'm done taking care of two separate groups of chickens. (laughs) I I am, uh, combining them. And so I got up at two in the morning and uh opened up opened up the bigger coop because i have like a smaller coop of for the other group and so i took the new 20 and like one by one carried them and put them in the bigger chicken coop and it was a lot of work but you know what i didn't have was dead chickens (laughs) not just like knife in the wound or salt in the wound dude but uh, and I didn't, but I learned I learned a valuable lesson there. Don't do it. And so those other two chickens, I'm like, sorry guys, y'all ain't gonna cut it because I'm never gonna get enough eggs out of the two of you. Right. And uh, and so we got out of the chicken business for about two years, a year and a wow. half. Maybe. That's actually like, a long time. Um. Well, it, 17, 18, 19. Well, maybe not. Maybe not quite that long. Maybe not quite that long. Maybe a year. But in Still. 2020, when COVID hit, we uh, I looked at my wife and I said, and, and I remember, I remember sitting down on the couch and watching two weeks to flatten the curve. I looked at my wife and I said, "This is the beginning of the end." I mean, there's this this will have ripple effects to our economy. Sure. And I said we need to, and that was when I like I was very much a we have to take this chicken thing, homesteading thing, semi-serious. I mean, like we have to like, I need to, all these past failures that I've had, now's the time for them to shine and me to figure it out. <laughs> but so we did, we went and bought 20, 20 chicks from Tractor Supply. And like, I was like all in. Nice. And, and they're, they're, I mean, they're what, 20, two and a half years old now? Now I got, a, I got a couple, I think of freeloaders right now, but that's, Whatever. I got about uh, 25 that are freeloaders right now. I'm not, I'm not getting that many eggs probably just because it's so dang hot. So I can't figure out what it is. I've got two chickens that are broody and one's just a, she's a punk. I mean, even when she's not broody, (laughs) she's a punk. There's a video I put out there last night of me trying to get an egg. She, I mean, she's just quick, quick. And I'm sure I had to wear a glove to try to get the eggs. She still won. She still won. I didn't get the eggs. (laughs) um but but i have found that the best way to integrate chickens is to have a rooster Hmm. and let a and let a hen go broody and integrate them one to two at a time i've got 
three right now that have been that are that have hatched their hens. Nice. And mama takes care of them, and it, they just kind of mama protects them, and and it's it's really kind of fun to watch too. Do you have any roosters? Uh, one. I had two, and uh, the second younger, like the younger of the two, uh, en- ended up attacking my son, and so um, yep. and he did that. Like he when we first got him, he did that, and I thought like the behavior was somewhat corrected, but um it happened again and we saw about half of what had happened on like i was at work my wife was somewhere else and my mother-in-law was watching um watching our son and we basically saw the whole thing on the doorbell cam and it was like traumatic to watch for us like we couldn't be there to boot that rooster across the driveway while you're while he's being yeah mine's met my foot a couple times um, cause he attacked me and uh, he, Hey, he's dumb and he still tries to attack me. Colonel Sanders, he's a white silky. Um, and then the other one, the other one was hatched. He was like, so I guess, I guess we've hatched four. Um, so we've got two roosters. So every egg, almost every egg that we have is fertilized. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing. I got a whole bunch of crap from people saying, well, why would you leave? Why would you discard eggs? Cause like if we go on vacation with the, the deer feeder, the chicken feeder, deer feeder, yep. chicken feeder, whatever you want to call it. We we go on vacation. I discard the eggs when I get back. And people, all kinds of hate. Well, why would you discard the eggs? They're, they're perfectly fine. Eh, they're fertilized. Well, not all of them. I have two roosters and 12 hens. I think they're most likely fertilized. You I have fertilized eggs. What's the problem with fertilized eggs? We're just sitting out in the heat for three, four days. Oh, and okay. sit on them. Sure. It's just one of those things that I'm not willing to take that. I don't want to that, crack. I, I've cracked open a fertilized egg before. It's not fun. Oh, gross. I... So speaking I mean, of videos, it's a delicacy in some parts of the world, but oh, I'm not in my house. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm about, uh, I got to work on a, a TikTok video of me like candling eggs and then seeing what's actually like inside or whatever. And the last one made me gag. <laughs> what was it? What was in it? Uh, I'll tell you. I wasn't. I was gonna just let the suspense build, but no, nothing was in it. It was just a bad egg. It was just a old, gross, bad egg. And like I, like I don't like smells. Don't really bother me. I change poopy diapers all the time, and so uh, it just doesn't bother me. But like that smell got me, and I like worked really hard not to throw up in the house. Mm-hmm. I didn't throw up, and I didn't throw up in the house. So, have you ever water glassed eggs? No, it's on my list. Uh, things to learn. I tried it. I yeah. left it a little too long. Oh no. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're still in the garage. How long is too long? Like a year? 18 months. 18 months. Okay. Yep. Two years later, they're still sitting in the garage because I'm afraid to dump them out. <laughs> <laughs> when you I do not, I, I like, I don't know what to do with them. I mean, like I, we've got a cliff back here and I'm, I just need to like take it out there and just dump it off the cliff. And I'm afraid if I do it in the middle of the summer, it's just going to be awful smell. <laughs> But I did. I cracked one open one day, thinking, "Hey, let's see how let's see how well it holds up." I cracked it open, and I mean, it about about lost it in the kitchen. Gross. I, was, I was recording it to do a TikTok, and I was like, "I can't put that out there." <laughs> yeah, you can. That makes it better. Are you kidding? That gets you. You could see another two million views. I pro- I, yeah, 
Maybe I should go crack one of them open. I got 90 something of them sitting in there. Well, there you go. Now you have 97 attempts to uh, make a TikTok video. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> it, it was now so like water glassing. I tried it and because it, I tried it my first year because I thought, well, I want eggs through the winter. And I was getting about a dozen eggs to 14 eggs a day on average. And my chickens continued to lay through the entire winter. There was never a day that I had less than hmm. four eggs. And I thought, well, I don't have to water glass eggs then. And so I never opened them up. And then I was like, oh, let's just, it's been like a 12 to 16 months. Let's try them out. Nope. This year, I may need to water glass some eggs because I'm getting like two eggs a day right now. Mm. I don't know what's going on. So I don't out, of your, out of your 20 birds? 12. I got 12 now. 12? Okay. Yeah, I did. I, so I have lost a few. I, I've had a few that got egg bound. Um, I've tried to resolve that, which I'm not going to go into. It's gross. But um, no, egg bound? Yeah. Like where really? the egg gets stuck inside of them and they can't get it out. I've uh, I've not heard about that. Mm, um, not- I haven't heard. Sorry, I haven't heard the term. But I guess I've heard of a one of my one of my friends, uh, she had to fix one of her chickens like that, and I don't know if she was successful in doing so. How do you, how can you tell? How can you tell they're egg bound? They so they will. So they'll they'll start walking around kind of funny. They'll kind of have like this little squat, like mm. they kind of like swell up in the back a little bit, and uh, they get yeah, it's just pretty gross. Um, they, they get lethargic. They don't, they don't move around fast. They don't eat a whole lot. They're just, they they look sick. And, uh, you know, you can put a glove on, get some Vaseline and see if you can try to massage it out. But you're not usually successful from what I've, from what I've heard. I've tried it once and I was like, I tried. And then the other one. Is it bad to break the egg? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, it okay. breaks if it breaks inside of them it can cause other issues from again that's that's the reading that i've done on it i've, okay. I've never broken one inside but I've, i only had yeah. the one that i tried and then i had a couple others and i'm like sorry guys like a life of a chicken is short i suppose uh, i've had nice. a couple i've had a couple of how many did i have i had one just so i had a, i had a hawk get one um, that was rough. And then I had this, this just happened maybe a month ago. I had a coyote get a couple. So I did a, I put a TikTok video out there and somebody in the comments, some city slicker in the comments says, why don't you free range them? I'm like, well, because I need to protect them. <laughs> and then that got to me. I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, we have a dog. He marks his territory. I haven't seen any predators in an awful long time. And uh, let me try to free range them again. Yeah, so I'd let them free range, and I work from home, so I'm I'm home during the day. So I let them free range during the day, put them up at night, and um, I went out there one day, and I was like, I started counting. I'm like, I feel like I'm missing one. And then about a week later, I'm sitting here, and I've, I keep I've got a computer right here with my security cameras up, and I, I hear them out back making a whole bunch of noise. And I look up just in time to see a coyote dart out of the woods, grab one of them dark back and just the chills that you get it's just like sure it's my fault i didn't protect them and it um and so they haven't been back out since then but yeah we're down to 14 
We're down to just sicknesses, egg bound, hawk, coyotes. It's and you said you're getting about two eggs a day. I was getting I was getting about six to eight a day. And up until I would just really like the last month. Well, since I started free ranging them, that's the sure. when I started free ranging them, they they quit laying. And I don't know if they were finding somewhere else to go lay or that's if, my experience. That's that's what I expected. And so now that they're locked back up in, and they've got a twenty five foot by fifty foot chicken run, like they're they've got plenty of space to run around. Yeah. Um. But even once I put them back in, they I've I got three eggs. Technically, I got four eggs today. I take that back. They, I got an egg breaker. She an egg one. breaker. I swear. I don't know who. I don't know which one it is. I've got, I've got some fake eggs that I'm about to put back out there, so they'll pick at the fake eggs. I'm tempted to do that, and then hopefully see if I can break that. But um, I got four, but three, but would have gotten four today. But I got one egg yesterday. But who knows what's sitting up under the two broody hens that are just mean as fire. True. Sure, sure. Um, you said your hens are about two and a half. They are. Yeah, so that's the other thing is, is are they starting to the life cycle of a laying hen gets shorter? The Yeah. Like up until bit. like two years after two years, like they dropped they, like 50% or something. So, and that's the other thing that I'm kind of expecting is, is really kind of all of that just combined is, is probably what's going on. So, sure. Which means that I need to now look at getting a new flock and, getting having some new birds new birds are always uh exciting and fun yeah. frustrating oh yeah a lot of work a lot of work but it's yeah. fun like it's rewarding like it and back to what i was talking about earlier with like growing your own food like there's just something rewarding about it i mean like raising chickens yeah it's a rewarding thing like it's here's the thing for me is, is i got the chickens strictly for the purpose of i want eggs and then like you hang out with your chickens and you're like like they have personalities. They're like, like we don't like name all of them. We don't talk to them and they, you know, but it's just like, they're fun to watch. I, I, I joked that when, when I moved my chickens outside after, uh, after they were what, six weeks or so, it had gotten warm enough outside. We moved them out to the chicken run and I would sit here and I would watch them on the security cameras. And it was like watching Jen pop in a prison. Them trying to establish their pecking order was the funniest thing. Like you'd have this this click over here and this click over here, and then they'd all kind of like it was just it was yep. entertaining, entertaining. And uh, of course, we feed like you know we feed them regular chicken feed, but then we I give them weeds from the yard. I, I, I mean they're they'll eat anything that you give them. Yeah. The, uh, Except the, uh, their actual food. Right. At right. least for me, uh, I got like a mix of stuff or whatever, and I'm like fermenting the feed. And I, that. I need to do that. They will not eat the peas that are in there. Like I like the peas were more expensive than the rest of the like bags of feed that so like I bought it was like all the I got oats, barley, and peas. Uh-huh. And um the peas were ex- more expensive by like 30% or whatever. And it's like, you little a-holes, why are you not eating? Like I did this for you. Uh-huh. Uh, I was, yeah. Like, come on, man, eat it. Just eat. Just at least make me feel good about it. Right. I mean, so I just have like all these peas just like 
dried peas just all over the chicken run and yeah 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 we now we throw all of like our kitchen scraps out there same yeah i know a lot of people that do composting but we we, we compost a little bit but everything that we don't eat goes to the chickens except for mm -hmm. chicken i'm weirded out by that i, I I mean, they'll eat it. See, they love it. Yeah, they, they, they do. They like but I, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I can't get past that one. That's yeah. interesting. That's an interesting uh, thing that you're hung up on. I know. I know. It's so dumb. Like, like I just, there's something like <laughs> inside of me, like. Oh yeah, it seems weird, but just, they like it. So whatever. I know. Now, now, like they'll eat. Um, like if we have like steak or pork, and it leftovers that it's like ah eh, this has been in the refrigerator for four or five days i'm not gonna eat this and they tear it up they love meat they love bread mm -hmm. um i throw okra out there that gets too long because it's no good once it's you know if you let it sit on the, the plant for too long and it's you know eight inch i've actually eight. never had okra so what yeah you've never had okra i don't think so it's so, good. it's so good. So let's let's talk about. Uh, I think we've done enough BSing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number one. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Forget about the numbers. We're skipping to number ten. Um, oh gosh. So, so tell me, tell me more about like your about your system. So you've got you've got your chickens and you have raised beds. If I remember, you said I do okay. have raised beds. And so, so do like, those two like connect or integrate or what do you have in your raised beds? So I've got maximize your yields. Yeah, so, so we've got okra, we've got peppers, we've got uh, beans. We, we got a ton of beans. And I don't know if you can, like, I think those are all beans. Yeah, there's like three shelves of green nice. beans, different types of green beans. So we've got a ton of green beans, tomatoes, cucumbers. Um, and then I ended up doing a late planting of tomatoes and cucumbers off to the side that are not in a raised bed. So everything that I just mentioned are, are in raised beds. And I had so much success with the raised beds. This is the first year that I've done. Well, I take that back. I did raised beds years ago, and it was an utter failure. But this is the first year that I've been, that I've really, like, tried doing the raised beds and been successful at it. And I think I mentioned this earlier, super much more successful than, you know, my brother-in-law's property down the road with the same plants. I mean, like, I grew all of my plants from seed, and I took half of them to his house and half of them down here, and, and we see what does better and uh the raised beds by far but i have done, I've done better but i did um are you familiar with hugel culture mm -hmm. so hugel culture style you know filling of the beds because i don't want to go buy you know a hundred square feet or in meters of topsoil or compost from the store so i did you know i did the layer of, of decomposing you know, sticks and wood and logs on the bottom, some some leaves and some decomposed chicken uh, chicken manure, um, and then just some topsoil and compost on top of that. And and those those raised beds have done so much better than I ever thought they would. And then uh, a layer of wood chips on top of that, which wood now, chips are magic if you can get your hands on them. Absolutely, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something for the permaculture Nazis out there, because okay. uh, I'm sure you just pissed off a bunch of people. I love doing that. It's fun. I, I do it every day on TikTok. They, uh, look, people, people will tear you apart saying that that's not hugu culture. That's lasagna gardening. It's, it's what? Lasagna gardening. Lasagna. Yeah. 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 Now, hugu culture is, yes. It, it, but it's the same. 
it's, it's the, the principle is the same. But yeah. do you know, do you know who Paul yeah. Wheaton is? Yep. So I've been to his place. Oh wow! And, uh, and he's like, you know, he did his Hugo Culture mounds, like the actual mounds, right? Like the steep, nine yep. foot tall, like like that's technically Hugo Culture, right. and it's it's made it's made for, and, and it's really intended to to help support perennial trees and shrubs and it's it's yeah yeah i'm glad i'm glad we're on the same page yeah but but i use the term because it's the it's the it's the ingredients that we've put in there but yeah sure. oh, yes lasagna yeah i'm sure that i absolutely pissed off some permaculture <laughs> some permaculture nazis and that's okay because here's the thing i don't i don't know everything there is to know about permaculture i love it to do that <laughs> uh yeah that's the other that's the man that gets me People that think that they know everything about a topic, if, if there's always more to learn, mm-hmm. always more to learn, and and I and I think the moment that somebody thinks that they've got it all figured out, that's the person you need to quit listening to. Um, but but permaculture, I love it. Like I think it's great. I think it's it is truly what is sustainable. How did you get into it? How did I get into it? And let's 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 back up just a little bit. That that mm-hmm. my yard is not a my my backyard is not a permaculture food forest. It's the goal. I want to get there. Um, Same. But but we are not there. We not by a long shot. My um, for the first few years we wanted a a yard for the kids to play in and all that kind of stuff. And now it's like I wish we had then. So now we had this. And but anyway, there's no better time than now to plant something to get started. So. Uh, I got, I think I stumbled across Justin Rhodes one day. Mm. Um, and then I ended up finding Jeff Lawton, five acres of abundance. Have you seen that? I don't think that one. I don't think I've seen that one. It's really good. He built five acres. He bought a five acre property, turned it into this massive permaculture homestead. And then just sold it. I'm like, you just sold, you you put all this time and you just sold it. But that his his game is to teach people. So like sure. it was it did its job. Uh, and he he brought people in to help build it. And then he sold it to a lady that lives on it. And and it's there's a tour of it. And it's amazing. Uh, so Jeff Lawton, uh, Paul Wheaton, uh, oh gosh, what's the other guy's name? Joel Salton. Um, I, I followed all those guys for several years, and I don't remember at what point I just stumbled across it. I'm like, Oh, this is brilliant. You mean, you mean we can work with nature instead of against it and it's going to give us better yields and it's better for the environment. And and it's, that's brilliant. Why in the world has, does not everybody else do this? Right. And, and, and look, I mean, big ag is, is, is necessary to feed the world right now, I think. But if more people can, can move into permaculture and, and grow their own food, we can offset the need for big ag. Mm-hmm. And, and I, think, I think it's key. But it's, it's a challenge. There's a lot to learn to it. Uh, when did you get into it? Um, when did you start learning about it? Oh, geez. Probably like. I didn't really start actually getting into it. Like, I guess I did learning in like 2015, 2016 through like the survival podcast. I don't know if you listen to. Oh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Jack Spierko. Yes. 
I, I listen to his podcast daily for a couple of years. <laughs> Same. I still, do you still? I don't. Oh, well, okay. I, still, I would. All right. So I don't drive anymore for work. Like I work, okay. I've worked from home for several years. Sure. Uh, used to, I had a 25, 30 minute, 45 minute commute every day. And so I would listen to the podcast then. Uh, so I don't anymore, but I have pulled this podcast up a couple of times. And every time I've pulled one up, it's a TSPC rewind. And I'm like, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to listen to rewind. <laughs> I want to, I want sometimes to those are still good, but sometimes no, they are, they are, but, yep. but, but I watched a lot of them. He had a lot of good people on there. And so, yeah, and that may be, I think about it. That may be where I got the idea for permaculture. That's funny. Because we were talking about preparedness. I'm like, damn, he sounds a lot like he listens to Jack Spearco. <laughs> I did. And, and I, so, oh gosh, man, you're, uh, you're ringing some, uh, some, some memories here. So, so that's, that really is kind of how we, how I kind of started on that path, I think. Because about 20, mid 20 teen, you know, 2013, 14, 15, you know, I started kind of getting into that like preparedness survival. And I was like, what if I could find a podcast on survivalism? Like that would be that'd be great. And I found Jack's you know, the survival podcast, and and he brought on some of these guys that talked about permaculture. So that is that is exactly where I got it from. I'm glad you That's reminded. Really me. funny. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think I found it the exact same way too. And I don't even remember why I had a bug, like, on wanting to learn about survival, like survivalism. I, just, I, I yeah. I was just like, cause I was in my, my early twenties or whatever. And so like, I just not something you think about really, uh, living at home. And so I, I don't know, I found someone suggested it on Reddit of all places. And so like, I gave it a listen and not going to lie. First time I listened, I hated it. Um, <laughs> but, but I was like, all right, I'll give it another shot. And then I just been like, uh, listening ever since. I had to get through about two or three episodes and then I was like, okay, there's, there's value in this. Yeah. And I like it and I enjoy it. But then there came a point where I was like, okay, every one of these is very, very long. And uh, there, I got to where like, there were certain ones that I liked and like, I'd look at the title. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to like that. I won't, I won't listen to that one. But, but there was a lot of valuable information that he, that he provided. He, so he's still doing these daily. Yes. Oh, wow. Yep. He's up to uh, like 3,100 episodes now. <laughs> yeah, I know. That I mean, good for him, though. I mean, that's, yeah. he's got a big following. Yeah. Uh, I saw him at one point on, uh, I don't remember whose show it was, but he was on some like major news outlet show at one point years ago. So, I mean, he's, he's done well. He said he's been on Glenn Beck, and I'm not sure if that's who you're talking about. It's not, um, but uh, uh, who is it? I'm not surprised by that, but there was, there was one more, it was somebody else that I was thinking of. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he, he absolutely is the person that turned me on to permaculture. And then, then I started into learning about, um, Jeff Lawton and followed those guys. And I wanted to do it. I wanted to get my PDC, but it was just so expensive and we didn't have the money at the time. And I'm like, I don't really have to have the certificate. You can learn all of this stuff online. In fact, there's, couple of books that I've got back there on, right. on permaculture that that talk about principles and then how to how to put these principles into practice and you know the, the books are like 120 bucks for the set like that's a whole lot cheaper than a PDC yeah so uh, yeah so it's it's I think that's the 
the most sustainable way to grow our food, but it's it's difficult, and it's and it's not just companion planting. So, so a lot of people are like, oh, permaculture is just companion planting and mixing things here and there, and that's a little more than that. But um, like, there's so many factors. Like, it's you got to really be in tune with the property in order yep. to do it right. I'd say. Yep. I wanted one of the most valuable things that Jack Spierka said that I remember or that I, that I found valuable was he said, when you buy a new property, don't go plant anything, observe it for a year. Right. See, see where the dew sets, see where the sun sets, see where the, how the, how the, um, yeah, the, the, how the shun, 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 the sun shifts on the property and, and observe it for an entire year, make notes and then plant stuff. I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. Because you do, you have to be in tune with nature. You have to observe nature and, and you have to get that feedback. Um, right. Which sounds weird, but I mean, like, like it, there's, there's definitely like feedback that nature can give you. No, that's not, it's not weird at all. It's telling you what it needs. You just have to listen. Yep. You got to be able like, to observe it and notice what it's, because it's not going to speak your life. It's not going to tell you, but, but it gives you those little feedback. You, know, you just got to know what to look for. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll get there one day. Yep. Same. It's, uh, uh, we'll talk about it later. Um, <laughs> so, so we talked about a couple of things that worked well, and we talked about a lot of things that didn't work well. What's been the biggest challenge in homesteading? Yeah. Comparing yourself to someone else. Hmm. Looking what someone else has done and say, ah, I'm not good enough. Thinking like I'm not, I'm, or, or thinking I have to do more. I have to do more. I've got, I've got to have this big, massive homestead because that, I think that's what people start to think. And, and that's not really where you need to start. That's not where you don't need to compare yourself to someone else. And, and you need to start small, start where you can and start with what you know how to do and then gradually expand it. And me, I think I'm all in. I want to do it all. I want to do it all. And, and ultimately you do too much and then you've overdone it. You fail. That's been a big challenge. Even just like something simple is knowing when to plant stuff too. That's, that's harder than a lot of people, a lot of people realizing the credit for. I agree. Um, and when to harvest stuff and when to save seeds. And like, I've got, um, in fact, I, I pulled this one down. Like this book right here, the seed to seed. Like, this is like how does everything, all kinds of seeds, like when to harvest them, you know, like learning that stuff is challenging. That is, that has been challenging. Like when, when you get like, um, red pilled into gardening, you, it's like a whole world. You had no idea existed in like all the skills and underlying skills and sub skills of those underlying skills that, yeah. like, I mean, you could go a hundred layers deep and still not get it all. You can't. And, and I think, and which kind of brings me back to something else that I was thinking about, you know, with homesteading, people think if you're homesteading, you're completely self-sufficient. You don't have any, 
outside inputs. You don't have to go to the grocery store. Well, that's not true at all. I don't know that any, I don't know of anyone that is 100% self-sufficient. It's like, like you would have to be the master jack of all trades to be able to do that. There's, there's I agree. So, many yeah. things, so many things. Um, I do think that you can build small communities, which is what I would love like yes. to see more of is, is you've got a, a, a small rural community of, of small homesteads and then this homestead does this and this one does this and this one and you all barter like these old micro um micro communities i would love to see that i think that's where you can be where you can be really successful and and, and be really self-sufficient as a as a community a commune i think you mentioned that earlier <laughs> <laughs> in a negative sense yes right 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 right. yeah that's that that one's not a negative sense. this is a let's build a, a yes it's that's self sufficient um definitely would be beneficial i don't know uh where it is like in your groups that you look at or whatever but in the groups that like i'm involved in there's a lot of talk about community and it's super encouraging to see like hey we're all gonna make it that's pretty cool mm -hmm. um there's so I don't know a, if it's as optimistic it is as it is for you as it is for me. I, I think it, I, I do have a lot of optimism around it because I, I think, and you hit on this earlier that, you know, past generations, they were all preppers and homesteaders. And, and we're seeing, I think we're seeing a movement back to that to some degree. Yes. And so I'm very optimistic about that. With that comes community. Uh, funny story. Uh, one of the TikTok videos that got like, a million and a half or two million views was me building those raised beds. I don't know if you saw that one or not. I did not. Um, I took cedar fence pickets and made, you know, so they're five and a half inches wide by six feet long. And so they're my, my raised beds are three feet wide by six feet long, two fence pickets on each side. And then I've, and then half a pen, half of on each end. So they're three by six and they're about a foot tall. So I made a quick video on that one day while I was building them and I posted it out there and it got like a million views overnight. And uh, like that was my, I think that was my first like million view video. And like, that was the day that I go notifications turned off. Cause I can't, I can't handle those. Notifications. Yeah. But so, so I got that idea from a website that I read like five years ago. Um, her name's Anna White. She's not on TikTok. I saw it on the website. I've seen it in magazines. Like, like it's, and I just put it out there and, and and made the video. And this this Karen comes in and in the comments, you stole this idea from a woman creator and you didn't give her credit. And so I did like a reply video. I'm sorry, you're right. I did take this from a woman creator. Her name is Anna White. She has a website, and this was years ago. And but I have no idea what video you're talking about. I haven't seen the video that you're talking about. And, and legitimately had not seen it. Like this was, I wanted to do raised bed gardens. I was trying to think of a cheap way to do it. Do it. And I remember this website that I, I looked at years ago. And so I decided I'm going to build some raised bed gardens and I'm going to document it and put it on TikTok. And so anyway, like the next day I get this comment on the original video. Hey there, I am the woman creator. I like your beds. <laughs> <laughs> and and so like we had like a good exchange in the comments and I'm like, Hey woman creator, I'm the, I'm the, the thief that stole your idea, blah, blah, whatever. Like, 
hey, great minds, something, I don't know, something like that. Like, we were both on the same page of, like, we didn't steal each other's idea. Like, this idea has been around for years, like decades. Also, it's not patented or whatever. It's just, right, an, like, right. whatever. It's right. a raised and bed. Like It was a convinced, it was a, a, a coincidence that we both put a video out there within, like, a few weeks of each other. Of, but it's also, like, the beginning of spring. People are gardening. It's So, anyway, this, this lady's name is Tara. I think Tara. And she, so it's really funny to see how it all kind of connected back together because sure. Karen came in, called me out, Tara, the woman creator came in, commented, and then I found out that she had actually developed an app called Farmish. Hmm. And so like, like, so we're actually like, we're, so we're friends on TikTok and, and we, you know, comment on each other's stuff. I've, I've pushed some of her stuff out, you know, before to promote Farmish, but Farmish is a very long way to get to this, but <laughs> Farmish is a is a an app where like I can buy and sell from other people. I can buy from other people or sell to other people. If I have an excess of eggs, I can hmm. put them out there for three or four dollars, five dollars a dozen, and do a public meetup. And uh, and it, and it, like that is going to be how we bring the the gardening community together. The nice. the, 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 the 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 you and me and the other people that aren't farmers but have an excess. Sure. Instead of just throwing it away, we are, are composting, which I mean, I hope that we're not just throwing it away, but but we can also share with other people and profit off of that. And, and it's the whole community. So that I, I'm very optimistic about that kind of thing. Nice. Sorry, that sounds a very, very long way to get there. But no, that uh, ties into the there. next part is what's the best part about homesteading? Is it that? <sighs> Community, the, the community that, that's you know, I hadn't thought about that. Sadly, I haven't thought about that, but you're right, you're right. That has got to be one of the best parts is is building community of people. And we go down to our local farmers market and we actually sell t shirts. We have a, a, a apparel company, so I wear these shirts all the time, but nice, pure Bama apparel. Like, like, but we sell these at our local farmers market. But I've met so many local farmers down there, and so it's it, it all ties together. And so like I buy from them. I don't sell anything because I don't have an, I don't have an abundance of things to sell at the moment. I hope sure. to next year, but, but I buy from local farmers and support them. And so, yeah, the community is absolutely one of the, uh, I think the best, the best parts about it, but you know, knowing where your food came from. Um, I hate, I hate the idea. And we still eat stuff. We still buy stuff from the grocery store that's been sprayed with chemicals but I hate, I hate that. And it's a transition to get off that and to grow your own and to be, you know, healthier with that. But that is a huge, a huge benefit. Um, just like knowing what you eat. Think like, like think about like a family, for example, like I look at, uh, I keep coming back to Justin Rose, but he and his family are out there. Well, you two kind of look alike. So it makes sense. I did actually. <laughs> Did have somebody ask me one day, "Are you by chance related to Justin Rose?" And I was like, "No, I'm not, but I would love to meet him one day. I would love to meet Justin one day." Um, I don't know where he's at. I don't know where his farm, his homestead's at, but North uh, Carolina, I want to say. I was thinking it was kind of the East Coast somewhere, yeah, North South Carolina. But uh, I did have somebody ask me that one day, which is funny. Like, it kind of made my day a little bit. But um, but uh, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, yeah, family bonds. Like like that's like he and the family are out there gardening. Like yeah, my son comes out and helps. My wife comes out and helps. And in the middle of July, she's looking at me like, why in the world are we doing this? It's hot out here. 
I know, but we're having a good time, aren't we? <laughs> yep. Yeah. But like we, like she, uh, like she's doing all, not all of it, but she's doing most of our canning. And like she was very apprehensive about that to begin with. And it's like she's learned how to can, which it's like it's one of those skills that you just you're you're scared about it to begin with. But it's like, oh, I got this. This isn't that hard. I can do this. And it's I don't know, like like it's it's created a bond too. you, know, you kind of bond around homesteading. Yeah. I mean, so to like talk about the like, community and like bonding around homesteading, like just talking to people about homesteading, gardening, farming, literally whatever it is they're doing to produce food, just talking to them has opened so many doors for me. Like I like get handed food. Like, like I was at a, I was at a customer's house the other day. Like we were wiring up his new sheep barn mm -hmm. and, uh, we were just like talking. He's also got like cows in like his 400 acres or whatever he's got. And uh, he's got like, you know, he's, he's talking about like his Wagyu beef and, you know, he's blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And we get back like because I was hooking up some waterers. And we get back to the house. He goes to the freezer and hands me two packages of Wagyu beef. And I was like, what do you want for this? Like, I'm paying you for this. He's like, no, you're not. Like, yeah. Okay. Now I don't. I don't have a story to top that one, but but like down at our local farmers market, there's a guy who, um, very much thinks like me. He and I are very much on the same page with what we, with what we believe. Um, from a, a homesteading point of view, from a prepping point of view, from from what's going on in the world, uh, and he's in his sixties. So he's, he's an older gentleman, but yeah. older than I am. And, um, but like knowing him has opened up a lot of doors too. Like he, but, but he goes, I get on the farm and he's like, Hey, Hey Jeremy, here's some tomatoes. Like these are the cold tomatoes. Like I can't sell these, but I'm like, we'll, we'll eat them. We'll cut the bad spots off and we'll eat them. We'll give the rest of the chickens. We'll compost it. Or I'm just going to take the seeds out and save the seeds and I'm going to replant your tomatoes next year. So I don't have to buy from you next year. <laughs> Uh, which uh, we haven't bought tomatoes. We haven't had to buy tomatoes, but uh, his tomatoes are phenomenal. Cherokee purple. Have you ever had Cherokee purple tomatoes? You know, uh, this is going to be sacrilege. I don't like the taste of tomatoes. All right. Where's the end call button? <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, they're just, right, well, that, they just don't taste that good to me. No, it, yeah. it's, if, uh, it, I like them with salt and pepper. I like them on a sandwich. I like them on a burger um, by themselves. I don't usually eat them. Now, my wife, she will eat a tomato. She will slice a tomato, put some salt and pepper on it, and eat it all day long. My wife just eats them right out of the garden, so. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean. So I'd make my own ketchup, maybe. I'd try making yeah. my own ketchup. Do you, like, do you like spaghetti? Yeah. Spaghetti sauce. There you go. Well, yeah, I like, like, I like salsa. I like. Yeah, like spaghetti oh, sauce. Salsa. Like. And that's what, like, we'll do, we'll take tomatoes, the peppers, like, and we'll make our own salsa with cans. Oh, it's so good. So good. Just got to learn to make my own chips. That's my own chips. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> not going to survive the apocalypse without my chips and salsa. You could uh, just uh, get some pork ears or pork rinds or something like there that. You go. Just tender chips. That's right. That's right. That's a good idea. Yeah, close enough. Close, close enough, enough for the apocalypse.
That's right. Yeah, that's that's gonna be the least of my concerns. And like, I don't swear think- by chips. You're the <laughs> your Woody Harrelson moment is uh, uh, chips in the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Not all this salsa. I don't have no chips. It's the worst. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh gosh, that movie. You talking about uh, Zombie Land? Yeah, it's so dumb. It's so funny. It, it was dumb movie. and funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. We're, we're almost through our questions. Almost. Um, this is stuff that you want to talk about, so don't blame me. I'm not blaming you. Hey, look, we got, hey, look it is. It, it, we're an hour and a half in. We're yeah. Good. We're good. Uh, I told my so, wife I'd be about an hour, hour and a half. If I'm two and a half, three hours, she'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how do you create a sustainable garden? How do me personally or what what is um as ideally what do you all let me let me ask this again <laughs> um you in your something specific you'd like to talk about you said sustainable gardening so what does that okay. mean and um how so, do you do it yeah okay okay uh, fair enough um so so to say that we have a sustainable garden would be Again, kind of like the homesteading thing. Like, like we're not completely sustainable. We're on a we're on a journey to get there, and I think I think that's everybody's going to be at a different point in their journey and having some type of sustainable garden. I think yes. I think for me though, like it's the no waste, it's low external inputs, so not having to go buy fertilizer and put fertilizer in the ground. I mean, make your own compost. I've got chickens, so I. I, I clean out the chicken coop and I, I do, I do deep bedding. So I only clean it out once or twice a year. Same. Um, it's too much work to clean it out over and over and over. And it's, I think it's better, but you know, so I, I clean that out and um, you know, you, you add that, you compost. Like, so there's my fertilizer, there's my nitrogen source. Uh, so yeah, I mean, no waste, low inputs uh, and even like turning your outputs into inputs so like like if we're going to cut the ends off of the cucumbers if we're going to cut the tips off of our okra if we're going to have bad spots in tomatoes i mean most people would just throw that stuff in the trash can well compost it give it to the chickens the chickens Mm -hmm. give me eggs when i crack the eggs i take the eggshells i eat a compost actually i feed them back to the chickens because chickens love eggs i mean we have a we have a chicken bucket on our counter and we empty Mm -hmm. it once a day Take it out and just throw it out in the chicken coop. Um, leftovers. If we eat out, we had pizza, you know, and we had leftover pizza. And I'm not going to throw it away. I'm going to give it to the chickens. I mean, it's, yeah. it, there's no, there's no waste. There's very little waste. Um, and I think like no chemicals. I don't spray. We don't spray our garden. I think what was, um, gosh, what was, I can't remember who said this. But somebody was asked, somebody was growing an apple tree and they didn't prune their apple tree. They let, they let it get massive, like 20 feet tall. And somebody asked the guy, well, why, how do you how do you harvest the apples at the top? And, he, and the guy looked at him and said, if you think that the, all of the apples on this tree are for me, you've missed, you've missed the point. The apples at the top are for the birds. The ones down below are for me. Sure. And it's it's sharing and, and I don't remember where I was going with that. Well, that's like return a surplus in permaculture. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's where I was going. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going with that principle. I got you. 
Um, so, I mean, I think that like sustainable is, is, is you know, not having to have inputs for your, I mean, you're, you create your own inputs and, and you don't have any outputs or you, you use all of your outputs as other inputs. If you, if you have harvest meat birds, um, you got the you got the the chicken bones left over. You boil them down. You cook them down in the beef or the, the chicken broth or bone broth, mm-hmm. and then you take what's left and you crumble it up and you put it in your comp. I mean, like you put it in your you feed it back to the chickens if you want. They'll eat it too. I mean, it's just no waste and and not relying on all those external inputs. Didn't um, Bill Mullison say something like pollution is anything like any Oh man, I'm gonna butcher this. It's all right. I've butchered a lot tonight. <laughs> like, is uh, some sort of waste product that doesn't have a use, or it goes goes unused, or something like that? So, like, like, like chicken bones or whatever. Like, if it if they don't get used for something, technically, that's considered like po- a pollution. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, I don't. I mean, it sounds vaguely familiar. I, I'm also ruining it, so. Yeah, but but it's, well, and not so much like a pollution, like oh, we're burning a hole in the ozone, but it's it's a it's a waste. Like, why would you not use it if you can use it? Let it. Right. I mean, it, it, so it goes into a landfill and it decomposes in a landfill. You you've wasted, you've wasted a perfectly good resource. Yes. Um, like um, of all the bones of chicken, pork, beef all the things I've thrown to the chickens, like um, you could do a lot of fossil hunting in the, uh, in the chicken run, I bet. But like, what am I, do I leave them in there because it's like a, like source of calcium for the soil or something? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. We've got, we, we found a, uh, we just found a rib one day out in the chicken coop. Like, like I don't even know. Like, like we didn't have ribs and it just, like this rib, but it was out there, and I'm like, "We'll just leave it; it'll decompose eventually." But yeah. like, it kept getting moved around. Like, I'm like, "What is moving this this rib?" And it was like a, I mean, it was a decent sized rib. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we left it out there, and just you know, it, it'll decompose. I don't consider that waste. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're not using it to its full potential. So is it is is that considered waste if you're not using it to its full potential? Maybe, but like when I. Probably in like either in the fall or the spring, I like rake up a bunch of the. Well, first I like clean up the chicken coop, just get it all and make like a big pile and wet it down to, um, let it sit for a couple months so it turns into nice rich compost. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave all those bones in there, and then those bones end up in the raised beds, and so get your like those, those, yeah. But the other thing I thought of was like, well, if I wanted to kind of speed up that process, maybe I could like collect all the bones yeah. and like throw it in like like the blender and like pulse it to like break them up and turn it into powder. I don't know. So one thing, and we we don't do this, and I want we need to. I want to, and we just is to to collect. You know, when you eat chicken or pork or whatever keep the bone like we'll take like a ham bone or something we'll throw it in the freezer because we'll use that in like beans or something but but any of these bones that you have left over put them in a bag throw them in the freezer and when you've got enough put them in a crock pot for 24 hours cook them down make your own 
beef broth or chicken broth, bone broth, and then take, you know, put that can it, you can pressure can that. And then what's left will just be brittle bones. You can crumble right. that up and then that's your calcium source, throw it in into the garden. Sure. That's what that's what I want to do. We just we don't do it. We need to. We don't eat We don't eat like when we get chicken. I mean, because we buy chicken at the store. We don't. I don't do meat birds. Again, I, I want to. We're going to get there, but you know, most of what we buy doesn't is boneless already. So there's not a whole sure. lot of that. Gotcha. But next year, next year, hopefully we'll do meat birds next year, and then I'll have plenty of chicken bones and make my own bone broth, and we'll see. Be taste pretty tasty. Yeah. Um, we already kind of covered this a little bit. But why is prep? Wow, let's start over. Why is prepping important? <laughs> yeah, I think so. The most people hear prepper or prepping, and they think, "Oh, zombie, zombie apocalypse." And that's like been the running joke because we had um, we had like rice and beans and some MRE, not not true MREs, but MRE style. Yeah. Um, bags of food, and my wife always joked that oh, that's our zombie food. I'm like, ha ha ha, it's not funny. It's funny, but it, it was funny the first time. It's not this time. <laughs> yeah. But that's being like the running joke that like it's our zombie food, and, and, and like people think of prepper, and that's what they think. Oh, they're afraid of the zombie apocalypse. The world's gonna collapse. It's gonna come to an end. And and while maybe not the zombie part, but like you look at economic collapse. You look at we talked about earlier um, EMPs and CMEs. Those are it could potentially happen. Uh, like those are like prepping for big catastrophic events is is key. It's that's that key. It's it's one aspect of prepping, right? But I think prepping more for the more plausible things is more important. Like losing a job. I agree. Um, and if you can, or what about a sickness, a family, a family sickness, a terminal illness, getting uh, hurt short-term disability yeah or long-term disability absolutely you know prepping for those things is is probably more important and if you've prepped for those things you're probably going to be okay for the big catastrophic things too um so prepping is is i don't know man there's just something about it like not being prepared just I lose, I have anxiety over it. If, if I don't, most people have two weeks of food in their house. I mean, think about COVID two weeks to flatten the curve. We shut down, we shut down everything in the, in, in the country, the store shelves. I mean, it's hard to get stuff. You couldn't go shopping. I mean, like that's a very near and close thing that, that prepping was, I mean, look at the people in, you said you're in Montana, right? Yep. I know I heard of people like in Montana and Utah that just fled to the hills. Like they're like, nope, we're out. COVID's here. You know, we're, we're, we're enacting our plan. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think I'm trying to think if there's really other, any other reason. I mean, economy, big catastrophic things, job loss, natural disasters. I mean, Oh yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, I, mean, I think get... why people don't do it is because it forces them to think about like their own mortality, sure, like or vulnerabilities, mm -hmm. and that's uncomfortable. 
Well, that, yeah, it is, but 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 that's the thing is is there was a saying that I heard. There's no reason to be prepared. There's no reason to be scared if you're prepared. Like like it's. Yep. I think somebody had said that on TikTok, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. If 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 you are if you are prepared and have you know six months of of basic necessities, then you know that you've got six months of margin. Margin in life is good, and any most any circumstance in life, margin financially with your time, yes. with your food, margin is good. And and prepping is just creating margin in your life. That's. I guess to sum it all up, it's not, it's not, Oh, the world's going to end. Zombies are coming. The CME is going to happen. It's just, I feel better. I sleep better at night knowing that if, if I were to lose my job and we couldn't pay our bills or we couldn't buy groceries and we got, we've got food, we can grow our own now too. Um, that's why it's important. That's a great segue into telling like, people like on how to get started what would you tell people yeah and and I, I touched on this just a little bit earlier is i think the easiest way to get started is to buy to buy what you already eat so if you if you buy if you go to the grocery store this week and you're buying um a bag of rice and some canned beans and some corn and some canned green beans and some whatever and that's what you're going to eat for this week. Well, pick a few things, and instead of buying one can or one bag, buy two. Like, that's not a big – I mean, a, a can of beans or green beans, what, a dollar? Maybe less than that. I don't know. I haven't bought green beans in a long time. Um, but buy two. It, it's not a huge yeah. investment. And and create your own – create essentially your own grocery store in your house. And it, it will take time. And, and, and before you know it, you'll have two, three, four weeks of, of food. You'll have six months of food. And you just got to rotate through those things. Don't let it expire. Rotate through it. Uh, that's a very easy and practical way to start for someone who wants to just purely just prep. Um, there's more things that you can do. Like we do rice and we have we have dried beans, rice, oatmeal. We have all of that in Mylar bags and with oxygen absorbers. And that stuff has a 10 to 20 year shelf life. We, that that is our true emergency food. Like that's in bins. That's if we ever had to like leave, we grab those bins, we throw them, and we're out. Um, or we would hunker down and stay here. We've got, I mean, rice and beans aren't going to be delicious, but it will keep us alive. And it's calories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's kind of a more not advanced, but that's like a next step. But but more important than that is being able to grow your own. Like like put something in the ground anything like start small that is i think the ultimate prep is is being self-sufficient or somewhat self-sufficient mm -hmm. and again whether it's a tomato plant a cucumber some okra some beans beans are good uh dense potatoes potatoes grow some potatoes they're so easy they're so easy you know that's then that would be what I would say the next step. So first step would be the, you know, buy two when you would buy one, buy what you already eat and start to, to develop depth in your pantry. Then move into um, some more of the long-term storage and, and then gardening or maybe even do the gardening before the long-term stuff. I, you know, but any of that, those are good places to start. 
Um, and before you know it, you'll have weeks and months of, of food and you'll have people knocking on your door when, when the apocalypse hits. <laughs> you can tell thing. them no. <laughs> you can, you can, but I don't want, like, I like, think that's a challenge. Like that's something that I struggle right. with because I met a guy and, and I like this guy and we were talking about some prepping and he goes, well, I got, I got, uh, I got a bunch of ammo. I'll just go take it. I'm thinking that's really not the right mentality. Because uh, if you try to take it from the wrong person, that, that you know, you may you may eat those words. Uh, but but you don't want to do that. Like there's no reason to have to take from somebody else. Uh, we have uh, we we almost like prep for our family too. Like we have we don't have tons of excess, but like if someone knocks on our door, we've got, we have things in small bags. Here's eight cups of rice and eight cups of beans or four cups of beans. And like, this will get you through for a week here. Here's something. Don't come back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but like to, to, there, there is the, the, the point of being able to share and, and, yes. and not just say, no, I'm going to hold you at gunpoint and not let you take any of my food. Uh, that's that's not that's not what that, that's not what I want to be. Right. You don't really want to be in that situation. This is uh, much rather share just a little bit. Right. Yeah. You can have the rice and beans, the stuff that I didn't really want, anyways. Right. The canned goods. I'm keeping. Or the the the, the cans, veggies from the garden. We're we're keeping those, but I'll, I'll give you some right. rice. And Here's the thing about uh, like you you said, the rice and beans are a little bit more advanced, and the reason for that is. If you can't get uh, through the first week or two, you don't need to even worry about a year down the road or Bingo. five or ten. Like, what about tomorrow? Right. If You're you couldn't go right. to the store today or tomorrow, what are you going to do? Yep. Yep. And then that's, yep, buy, buy two instead of one. And, again, before you know it, you've got, instead of, instead of only two weeks of food in your house, you've got four weeks of food in your house. And it doesn't take, I mean, if, and in reality, if you think about it, if you if you were to, to implement that principle, you would have four weeks of stored food in a matter of a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. a month. And and it's really not, for some people, it would be a stretch because some people are, are more strapped financially, especially these days with inflation like it is. But um, but that's a good place to start. And, and, and if, really, if you want to start cheap, put something in the ground. I mean, it's kind of late right now. It's August, but you can do fall gardens. You can grow greens through the winter. It's a, it's a way to supplement the rice and beans. Get you some and if you want to cheat, like if you want a shortcut, because people are all about shortcuts, mm -hmm. help your neighbor with their garden. Yeah. They'll probably let you take home a like a plastic bag full of whatever. That, that actually is a very, very good idea if you can – um, yeah, I mean, find a neighbor that gardens or a friend that gardens and, and help them. I had so many people say, well, I live in an apartment. I can't, I can't have a garden. What do you, what do you do? Well, you can patio garden, you can container garden, but, but find a friend or a family member that has a house and a yard, garden at their house. Come over Community and Community gardens are big too. Yep. Start one. Find you a church or a, a community center. Yeah. And and a lot of those places are school and say, like, hey, can we can we come set up a community garden? Uh, and those are those are good and easy ways to 
to get into gardening if you live in a inside a city or a, a an apartment and you don't have a yard right that's that's i hear that a lot and that's which what i want to say is get out of the city but <laughs> right that's not that's not practical for everyone what they need to do which is more practical is stop making excuses if you really like look if you want to do it just find a way to start doing it. If you don't want to do it, just say you don't want to do it and stop making uh, excuses. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, you're right. That's fine. You're right. If you really want to do it. Now I get that there are obstacles to overcome, but, but if you really want to do something, you'll find a way to do it. Yep. Like, uh, just be honest. Like, it's fine. You don't have to like tomatoes and grow them. Like if you want to not do it at all and, but when you like when stuff gets getting hard, like you can't mm -hmm. complain about it either. So yeah, don't knock on my door. <laughs> yeah. Remember yeah. when I told you you should start a garden? You said no, that's hard and stupid. Because uh -huh. <laughs> I can just go to a go to the store and get a tomato for two dollars instead of growing it for six weeks or however long a tomato takes. I don't even know. Seems like forever. Well, hey. so uh <laughs> I had a post on social media a while back it was um someone was buying two like beef like big beef tomatoes and it was something mm -hmm. like i don't know 15 bucks for, or eight bucks i don't know for two two tomatoes and i was beef, like big tomatoes wow and i was like homesteading doesn't seem so dumb now does it no it doesn't it doesn't that so so that reminds me of one thing people always talk about oh you get free eggs not really no, those are the most expensive eggs I've ever had. But they're also the best, so they it's really okay. are. And again, I know, I know. So good, I'll eat them raw. <laughs> I'm, I'm have to work myself up to that one. I am. You know I what? Am. When I come visit you, we'll have a raw egg together. Yeah. On second thought, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be out of town whenever you said you're gonna be by. That's yeah. Um, yeah. They are expensive eggs, but but they are good. And again, I know what's in them. I know what my chickens are fed. I know what's in my food that we grow. Okay, you know, we don't put any chemicals on it. And um, I don't know. It just feels good. It feels good to be able to to be somewhat self sufficient. And I think I think that is how we offset the supply chain crisis. The, the food supply chain crisis is is people are going to have to start growing their own, even if it's just a few tomato plants, even if it's just a cucumber vine, even if it's some, I don't anything, anything. I, I, I've had so many people on TikTok this year that have said, I, I grew my first garden this year because I watched your video. Damn, that's got to feel good. That means more to me than any anything that someone can say out there because, because that is that is what we have to be doing and, and that is that is you're growing something you're stepping out and doing something that you don't know how to do you're stepping out on a limb but then you're getting the reward of i grew something and this, this to see the uh to see the look on their face and, and the like the pride that they have and hey i grew this this is my first year in a garden there's there's one lady that she's like she'll post stuff on instagram and it's tomatoes and cucumbers and all these big squash and zucchini, like baskets full. And she's like, I've never gardened before. And I'm like, look at you go. Like, she's so happy about it. And like, I love seeing that. Like, that is the most rewarding thing to know that there is some, 
encouraged. There's some people out there that are encouraged enough to grow their own food, to step out and do something that they've never done before. And that someone like, so like you inspired them to start and then continued to like encourage them, like personally, like, yep. you know, to make that comment, like proud of you. That's awesome. Keep going. And then they, they are going to inspire someone else and, and it's the trickle out effect. And I think, yeah. I think we're on the right path in that regard with people. And like, as we mentioned earlier, the kind of coming back to a, you know, a, a homesteading prepping is kind of coming back in style, if you will. It, it died in the seventies and the eighties with the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to make, I'm a, I'm gonna make a note, note about microwaves for a second. I'm going to oversimplify. I'm oversimplifying that, but that's, that's that's where it gets stuck in my mind is it's the microwave okay. killed homesteading. <laughs> okay. Um, we use our we, microwave a lot. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm glad you glad you answered because I was like, do you not use a microwave? Because I know a lot of people don't. Um, but no, we, can, I, we yep. can get into that. We we should probably wrap up. I have chores to finish before I go to bed, and I'm, it's late for you too. Uh, well, what time is it where you are? Nine thirty. Okay. So it's yeah, ten thirty here. Yeah. Uh, hey, we should we should do this again. Like I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, Same. If uh, and hey, if you ever want to hop on and do a live TikTok hour, you know, I don't know if you ever could. And basically, just the same format. Let's just talk about homesteading and prepping. And um, I think I've joined in some of those, and it's fun to watch. You know, and then people can interact too. So those are always fun too. So yeah, it's like Twitter Spaces. I've done uh, one or two like Twitter Spaces, but that's just audio. It's not video at all. So okay. I, I've never I've, done a TikTok live. I could I, I could try one. This is, that would be cool. I've I've done I've done a couple of them. Um, it's it's difficult when it's just you because you are. Oh yeah, the, it sucks. I hate that. You hate are the only one anything. <laughs> but if there's two people, if there's two people, I think it, it's you carry on a conversation and people can chime in and ask questions, and it's absolutely a good format. Um, so I yeah, thought about how I could turn this into a TikTok live, like while we did it, and I was like, I I I don't have time to figure that out right now. So maybe another I mean, time. It, you could do it. I mean, hey, look, let's try one. Let's try one one day, just to see how it goes. Sure. Um, I have notes that of stuff that we could talk about, uh, stuff that we didn't get to. So love it, um, love it. So, is there anything that uh, you want to wrap up on? Yeah, I think kind of the like what you what you just wrapped up with with you know what would you tell people on how to get started? I mean, like that is, I think that really is a good wrap up. Is is start small with prepping and and gardening and homesteading and, and start with whatever you have and whatever you can um it's important it's important to be prepared not to be terrified or or you know what's the word uh like, like scared that like something's going to come down and everything's going to collapse and i mean like there's no point in that but just just have a little preparedness have a little backup frozen by fear yeah what's that frozen by fear yeah yeah absolutely just do something it doesn't have to be a lot just do something and uh you know i think we'll be all right i think we'll be all right and keep spreading the word that's people look at you and think oh you're crazy and then what was in the what was in the the, the uh the description that were something about we're not proud to be uh, labeled preppers what was i don't remember what it said but it was 
It's not uh, a dirty word. Yeah, but there was something that you had read off. It was whatever I had filled out. I can't remember what I even wrote, but oh, embrace, embrace the label of preppers. Yeah, yeah, embrace the label of prepper. It's, people look at you like you're a kook, but are you really? I don't know. I think it's kind of yeah. the other way around. If you're not prepared, your head's in the sand. And you know what? I I don't I don't try to like talk like if people get it, they get it. And if they don't get it, then they don't get it. And I'll just move on. Um, right. it, it's just not worth wasting breath. Like, I will say that I will say that my family, my family, like over the years, they've seen a little bit of it. And like they they have started to slowly come around and embrace the idea of maybe we should maybe we should guard maybe we should have some backup food like like they're starting to kind of see it like well maybe jeremy's not crazy maybe right. there's maybe there is something I mean, to, he's still crazy but maybe he's not as crazy or maybe or maybe maybe just we're crazy with him I don't, <laughs> we're crazy for not doing this uh-huh well man I, I appreciate this i've had a good i've had a good time two hours yeah two hours. yeah same man me too uh go ahead and plug your stuff yeah, uh, so I'm on I'm on TikTok. Um, I created my TikTok channel as just a joke, and it turned into uh, a prepping and homesteading channel with I think around like 123,000 right now followers. I set up an Instagram. I know. I look. My son. When he, <laughs> so my son, he goes. One day we were talking about it, and I just I didn't even tell him that I had it. I was just doing it. I didn't tell my wife. I just did it. I was like, I'm just gonna do it, and then it turned into something. And I was like, "Oh, hey, by the way," she's like, "What? Who are <laughs> my son, you?" Right, um, my son. He was like, "You have a TikTok channel?" I do. And he goes, well, "How many followers you have?" Uh, and at the time, it was like seventy-five thousand. What? You guys? <laughs> I know, buddy. I I know. I know. I don't get it either. But here we How are. How old is he? He he turns nine next week. Okay. Uh, or nice. two weeks. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm blown away that the following is, is, has been insane. It's been humbling. It's been fun. And, uh, the fact that that many people care anything about what I have to say blows my mind, Right. Uh, but, I'll, but I'll take it and I'll run with it and I'll keep doing what I'm doing. I have tried to steer away from some of the more controversial things because I've gotten a few, a few, few check marks and, and TikTok's mm. very quick to throw those at you. So I, I've tried to be careful. I did go and set up an Instagram account too, um, so that if I get banned from TikTok, which I'll, if I get banned, I'll come back again. But um, so it's at Do We Like Donuts on TikTok and on Instagram, and uh, and I've got a website coming soon. It's not not there yet, but it will be in the future. That's all things prepping and homesteading and gardening, kind of along those lines, and inf- a free informational kind of thing, but. That's down the road. But for now, I'm on TikTok and Instagram. Awesome, dude. I'll have links to both of those uh, in the show notes. And uh, appreciate it. I appreciate you being here and uh, spending so much time with me. This has been a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to do a live TikTok we should, sometime. We should. And, and I knew that I would enjoy this coming in, but it, it's been a lot more fun than I expected it to be. So so thanks for Same. that. Same. Yeah, I, I was showing my showing my wife your, just a couple of TikTok videos of yours last night, and she... I, I showed her the deer feeder one and she's like, why are we not doing this? Deer feeders are kind of expensive. But, but they're, so yeah, they, they can be, but the one that I've got is like 88 bucks. I bought mine at Academy for $88. Um, 
Well, I'm not going to tell her that. She'll, she'll kill me for not doing it earlier. <laughs> but, like, it was a light bulb moment one day. And I don't even know how I came about it. And I'm sure other people have done it, just like the guard raised garden hands. <laughs> I'm sure somebody else has done it. I've just never seen it. But but we were walking through Academy one day, and I was like, well, there's deer feeders. Why can't I put chicken feed in that? And here we are. And here I, we are. I feed the chickens once every two or three weeks. Nice. Saves so much time. Automatic watering, too. That's that's another something I, I'm going to have to crack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. well, you're in Montana. You got colder weather than I've got. But through the summer, when you go through more water, true, wouldn't be that. Uh, Fifty-five gallon drums and um, these little chicken cups that I've got, the watering cups, and PVC. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's all mine is, but it it, it works. It works for what I've got. But yeah, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely. come up with something. I'm just gonna have to stop thinking about. How am I going to do this and just do something? Just do something. Just do something. So. But yeah, dude, we'll uh, we'll keep in touch. And uh, yeah. thanks for being here, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. All right. See ya. Bye. Really fun off the rails discussion with Jeremy. Great guy. Hope to meet up someday. Thanks for watching, everyone. Leave a comment, like, subscribe, and most importantly, share this video. You can listen on Fountain FM podcast player. You'll love it. Gives you Bitcoin for listening. Why wouldn't you love that? Check out our website, farmhoplife.com. You can sign up for our email list or Telegram channel there to be notified when new videos, any of reviews, or podcasts are available. We're on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, MeWe, and Float. You can email me anytime, matt at farmhoplife.com. Check out our 20 by 23 project where we're going to help out 20 homesteads in the year 2023. I'm always looking for new people to interview. If you want to come on to talk about homesteading, farming, food security, homeschooling, regenerative agriculture, alternative building methods, or something else, hit me up, farmhoplife.com slash guest. Go feed yourself. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. Headed west for Montana Left family and friends All I got now is you We both got new jobs A host and a homestead Thinking this was the life All that there'd be After our firstborn You had to stay home That's when the work got in the way for me well, I started Farm Hop Life. You'll come to your farm to help and to wander. Me and the family, a truck and an RV, send us a message and there.